Welcome to Level 10 Mastery with Ben Lawler. On this podcast, we interview the best and brightest in all walks of life. By doing this, we help you, our listener, become the best version of yourself. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Level 10 Mastery. Today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Shep Hyken. Shep is recognized throughout the world as one of the leading experts in customer service and experience. He's the Chief Amazement Officer at Shepherd Presentations, a New York Times and Wall Street Journal best-selling author, and has been inducted into the National Speakers Association Hall of Fame for lifetime achievement in the speaking profession. Shep works with companies and organizations who want to build loyal relationships with their customers and employees. His articles have been read in hundreds of publications. He's the author of Moments of Magic, The Loyal Customer, The Cult of the Customer, The Amazement Revolution, Amaze Every Customer Every Time, Be Amazing or Go Home, and most recently, The Convenience Revolution. Shep, welcome to the program. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell us what's new and exciting in your world. The new book, you just mentioned it, The Convenience Revolution, How to Create a Customer Experience that Disrupts Competition and Creates Fierce Loyalty, and isn't what it's all about. It really is. (laughs) It really is. So tell us about that. Where did... uh, where did that start, and, and how did you kind of come up with the concept, the idea? So, so uh, a few years back, I was working on another book, and I started to look at what all these successful companies were doing that was quite different than everyone else, because there really is this gap. And I realized that they were all giving great customer service, and I yes. was using them as a benchmark. I mean, think about who's the most customer-friendly besides uh, your company, Ben. Gosh, I mean, <laughs> I'd say Tom James is right up there. Exactly, but, it is. But customer-friendly, you know, I think of uh, Amazon. Amazon's very customer-friendly, I very customer-focused. Uh, like Southwest Airlines. Southwest, Southwest is is like the number one customer-focused airline in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some will, on any given year, there might be like Alaskan Airlines did well, but Nordstrom, Ritz-Carlton, companies like that, yes. right? And I said, what's making these people? Well, Ritz-Carlton's all about the... Uh, the the service but what amazon is different how did they disrupt the whole industry because southwest is great but they didn't disrupt the industry yes they just competed at a whole nother level amazon is just easier point blank they're the easiest company in the world and that's to what do people want with. whenever right. you do business you don't want it to be complicated yep so tom james your company yes how easy are you to do business with? Gosh, I would say when it comes to buying clothing, we're the we're the easiest out there. Exactly. You know, people exactly. want to. Which, assume, by the way, is why you're featured in the book. Yes. <laughs> which we really appreciate that, Chef. That's just it's absolutely awesome. We uh, we're really excited to be uh, affiliated with you. Well, thanks. And by the way, for those listening, I want you to know that that you guys did not know what that I was going to put you in the book. No. And I surprised you. The book was finished. The publisher approved everything. I got the advanced reader's copy filled with errors and typos. That's why they call it the advanced reader's copy. <laughs> but I said, I'm going to send this to the people. And I, I wrote a note. I said, You're gonna, I hope you like this. And I put it in there. And, and it just. I'm really glad we reconnected over that. But I've always loved your company. You know that. You've got amazing quality. But I think it's not just the customer service. You've got great customer service. Absolutely. You've got a high level of convenience. You've out-convenienced a typical retailer sure. by 
coming to them, which, by the way, there's six areas of convenience. So let's talk about those. Okay, those, and then, and then I'll mention areas? when we get to the one that's about you. First of all, uh, and if you think Amazon is in all six of these areas. By the right. way, there's a number of companies that are, and a number of companies that are in two or three of the areas. Yes. Uh, and then there's some that just focus on one. But uh, so Amazon is like my my big case study that's across all of them. But then uh, the first one is reducing friction. Now all six of these principles have reducing friction as a component, but some companies excel in that particular area, making it their value proposition to their customer. And a company that did it so well and is the feature lead of the five or six different case studies, and by the way, that's how we set it up. A lead case study and then four more case studies underneath each one. There's at least five case studies for every one of the convenience strategies, all different kinds of companies. Yes. Retail, hospitality, business to business, you know, car dealerships. I mean, every kind of company can tie into a level of convenience. But Uber is all about reducing friction. Absolutely. So think about what happened when, when, the, when uh, if I want to, I'm, I'm here in Clayton, Missouri, where I live, a suburb of St. Louis, Missouri. I want to take a taxi cab. I pick up the phone, I call the cab company, and they say, it'll be there in 10 minutes, 15 sure. minutes, whatever. 15 minutes turns into 30 minutes. Exactly. I call, 15 minutes, where's my guy? Okay. Well, we're uh, delayed, yeah. we're behind, we can't get to you. They finally get in, get there, and I get in the car, and he says, where do you want to go? And I tell him, I want to go to the airport. And I get there, and he puts the flag down, we get up, he says, okay, that'll be whatever the amount of money it is. Yes. I have to reach in my pocket, pull out my money, and pay. Yes. What maybe they Uber take do? a credit card, yeah. maybe they do cash. So that's nice if they do. But what did Uber do? Well, let's eliminate the phone call. Just open up your phone and just push a button. Now you can see there's five Uber drivers within 10 minutes. Yes. And you say, here's where I want to go. They tell you how much it's going to be. Sure. You say, okay. You push the button. It tells you your driver will be there in six minutes. You can watch the driver uh, in his car on the screen of your phone getting to you. Like, you know, it's 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 amazing. Oh, you can one choose away. The, uh, the size of your car. You can choose but the size of the party, car. Yep. You get the XL. Right, exactly. And then they already know where you're going because you put it in the phone. So they don't even ask. But when they pull up, here's what they ask. Are you Mr. Hiken? Yes. Yes, I am. Oh, great. Come on in. They don't even know where I'm going yet. They push the button. Oh, you're going to the airport. And then if they don't know where to go, it, it gives them the directions of where to go. And at the end of the trip, I don't give them money, do I? I just no. walk away. It's paid. If you want to give them a tip, right. you have that option. Yep. And, and now they do it so you don't have to give them a tip there. You just, when, when they're done, it says your, your ride is over. Do you want to tip the driver? Mm -hmm. Do you want to rate the driver? Yes. That's ease and convenience that disrupted an entire industry. I love it. And so uh, number two is technology. Now, Uber obviously uses technology, but many companies like, I, I use PayPal as a great example of a technology that allows you to transfer money from one person to the next easier and quicker than ever before. Yes. Uh, there's a great app called the No Wait app. Are you familiar with the No Wait Absolutely. app? In fact, we just used it last night. Yep. And not every city has the No Wait app, but the No Wait app is basically an app on your phone. And if a restaurant is subscribing to the app, you can see how long the wait is going to be. Put your name on the list from your phone, and then you can watch your name move up the list, and you can time your arrival so there is no wait. No wait. <laughs> it's absolutely awesome. Yeah. So there's technology, and you know there's all kinds of companies using technology as a great way to enhance the service and the convenience. Number three is self-service. Okay. So okay. what is that? Self-service. Well, think about it. You go to a grocery store. Sometimes there's a lane where you can self-service and check out your own items. Sure. You Some, don't have to deal with the clerk. Yep. You want to do it on your own. Right. Sometimes it's easier. Sometimes it's more convenient. Or maybe uh, you need help and support with a software program. You go on a website, and they've got a self-service portal. They've got videos. So sales. The, the lead case study in the chapter is Panera Bread. Okay. So you go into Panera Bread. 
three years ago, you walk up to the counter, you stand in line, you order, and then you stand over here, they call your name, they give you your food, you go sit down or you leave, right? Yes. Now you have a choice. Still stand in line if you want or go to the kiosk and order it yourself. And they keep a history if you put your phone number in there. Oh, yeah. Sure. You swipe your card, you yep. put in your phone number. And like you want the same order as last time or whatever. And now you don't go up and wait anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and they don't call your name. They, they give you a little pager. There's a bunch of pagers right there. And you put in the number and you go set it on your table. There's a sensor in the table. And a food runner comes out and brings you your food. And if it's a to-go order, it's in a bag. So they'll bring it to you. And you don't have to stand around anymore. And I asked the manager, why did you make these big changes? It took about a year, year and a half for me to see all this happen. His exact words. What did he say? For the convenience of our guests. That's what it's convenience. all about. So, uh, but I was going to tell you uh, on self-service, um, oh, Salesforce is in the book. Salesforce has more than a thousand professionally produced videos for all the questions you would ask about how to do some of the basic issues and concerns and problems you might have with the software program. Yes. So, I mean, they're not really problems as long as you know how to do it, but it's like, how do I do fill in the blank mm -hmm. with my Salesforce CRM? And... The video pops up, and you watch the video, and now you follow it step by step. It's a great It's easy, great convenient. Solution. You don't have to worry right. about it. Uh, so that's number number four is the subscription model. Okay. Okay. And what that is, is that? It's just like a magazine or a newspaper subscription, except it's with with things, merchandise. Uh, sure. Or anything that you would pay an annual fee to get ongoing you know, it could be a maintenance contract for a computer system or an air conditioner. But how about if you go to the hardware store and buy filters for your HVAC unit, every six months you have to replace them, and, you know, you buy a couple of years' worth, and then you realize, oh, I forgot to replace it. Yes. Well, how about this? I'll just give you my credit card, and every six months you send me the filter. I and, don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and that'll it remind, me to, it remind me to do it. I don't have to go to the store to get filters and whatever. It's just easier and more right. convenient. Now, let's see, that was number, was that number? That was number four. That was number, number five, and here's where you come in. Yes. Delivery. Absolutely. Delivery is where, if you go to a Tom James, actually, you don't go to Tom James. They come to you. We come to you. You want clothes, they come to you. The guy brings, and it's Ben who brings it out. He brings out his little tape measure, and he measures my biceps, my triceps. <laughs> he measures my body. Yeah. And, and then a few weeks later, he brings back these clothes that fit me like a glove. Sure. We take measurements, yeah. pick out cloth. And, and then bring it back to you. And, and hope I don't gain too much weight. But you know what, if you or do. Or lose weight. If you do, man, no big deal. We've got a full-time seamstress in the office. That's right. And right, so we'll pick it up, get it altered, and then bring it right exactly. back to you. Exactly. That's convenience. And so I, I put you in there because it was just the perfect example. Uh, now, you disrupted the retail industry with your convenience. Yes. Because a typical uh, person who goes to, you know, shop for a suit, goes into the department store, right. or the men's clothing store, or women. You carry women's clothes, Absolutely. Too, so. That's a big part and of our business. And you even carry shoes, don't you? We do everything. Yeah. I mean, business, casual, social, formal. Ultimately, Shep, we're trying to develop the 360 client. You know, you talk about market share. We want to capture market share in the closet mm -hmm. where we take care of everything. I like it. So uh, there's market share, and I think what you really want to capture is body share. Yes. Okay. So market share means you get business by taking away from, uh, you know, Nordstrom, Saks Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus. And, and, and by the way, I, I use those because they're fairly, I would say, upscale, and your clothes are very, very nice Sure. We're not Sure. We're not the cheapest in town. Right. But dollar for dollar, I'd say we're dollar, the best value. I, I'd say you're not the most expensive either, by yeah. far. But you, yeah, dollar for dollar, great value. Um, so where am I? Oh, body share. 
what I think you'd like to do is walk into a closet one day and, and not say, oh, everybody I walk into has a suit from Tom James. But how about this? Every closet I open up, 100% of the clothes exactly. are from Tom James. That's huge. Right. Coca-Cola years ago in their annual report talked about the difference between market share and body share. Market share is stealing business from Pepsi and any other software yes. company. Body share is what percentage of the liquid going into a human body is a Coca-Cola product. What percentage? <laughs> I love it. That, you well, know what? That makes perfect sense. What percentage of a person's closet is yeah. Tom James clothing? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, in fact, our nonprofit ties into that as well, the suit project, right? Mm -hmm. So we take donations from clients, things that they're not wearing right. anymore, older suits and sport coats. We give those to underprivileged men and women in the area. So that's a great opportunity to gain I more. I love that. Body share. That. Yeah, and, and a great community service there. So that's number, that's number, number five. Uh, five. And by the way, I used a car dealership uh, to uh, how I had been doing business for 22 years with a particular car dealership. Okay. And they were less than a mile from my office. They were close. And convenient. Convenient. And on the days they didn't have a car for me to take as a loaner when I brought my car in, I could just walk to work. Yes. Right? Not that bad. 15-minute walk, 10-minute walk. One day I'm driving around, my wife says, you've got to see this car. It's, and we're driving right up to this dealership that's like 12 miles, 15 miles away. Not that far, 25 minute drive. Yes. And I walked in, I said, I just want to look at this car. I probably won't buy the car from here because you're too far. And I, I just love the car after I test drove it. And he wanted me to test drive it even though he knew I wouldn't buy it from yes. him. And he says, do you see a waiting room in here? And I go, no, because we, we have one, but it's small, but nobody ever uses it. Because when you buy a car from us, we bring you, whenever you have service, we bring you out a new car, we'll pick yours up, we'll bring it back when it's finished. The next time you come in here will be to buy a new car. No and kidding. I, yeah, and I, that's amazing, and that's why I now do business with them. They disrupted the competitor. Wow. Yeah. Because so what type of car? What do they sell? They sell, well, I, I, I bought an Audi from them. Okay. Yeah, so they sell Audis, and uh, it's called Kirkwood Audi. Absolutely. In fact, I was just there this past week. They do a great job. Yeah, they're awesome. Anyway, uh, number six, the final one. Bring it home. Access. Okay. Access comes in several different formats, but basically you can think of access as hours of operation. And the lead case study for that is Huntington Bank, who stays open longer extended hours because bankers' hours are the same hours as everybody's working hours. So yes. when you want to go to the bank for anything more than a quick little need to get some cash, it's like, when am I going to go? And they're closed on the weekends. So you got to take a, you know, an hour or two off work and ask sure. your boss. And uh, Well, they said, let's stay open longer and open on Saturdays so the people could come in. And, and that's access. Uh, access could be logistical, like how many Starbucks are there in a major metropolitan area? Every like block. Everywhere. Every corner. And how about Walmart? And there's a great stat that I included in the book. And I, I think it's pretty accurate because you look at all the other stats. But yes. did you know? that 90% of the U.S. population lives within 10 minutes of a Walmart. Say that again, 90% <laughs> of, of the U.S. population lives within 10 minutes, 10 minutes of, of a Walmart. Walmart. Wow. That's called access. Yes. And it could be uh, hours of operation, as I mentioned. It could be, you know, a website's open 24-7. Uh, you can have uh, customer service extended hours for people. So it's communications, it's access, it's logistics, but it's being accessible. Yes. And so those are the six convenience principles. I love it. The convenience revolution. You must get it. Every company, every person listening to this must get it. Just go to BeConvenient.com or just go to Amazon. Fantastic. So, Shep, stepping back a little bit, when did the, uh, the convenience revolution begin? Well, if you really want to know, the convenience revolution started in 500-some-odd A.D. when Justinian the Great made a declaration during the Byzantine Empire 
who said, uh, he said, there will be a store selling life's necessities for the convenience of our citizens on every major corner. Now, back in those days, every, you know, the chariots would go by, I don't know how many miles or whatever they called it, they probably call them kilometers or whatever back then uh, between intersections. But uh, I jokingly say that was my first in all my research where I could see somebody built a convenience store. And then along came around 1927 or so, uh, Southland Corporation down in Texas sold ice and started selling items like milk and bread off of the ice. You know, they sold ice for ice boxes. Okay. That's what you didn't have a, a, an electric refrigerator back sure. then. You had, you a, had box, a box full of ice, a big block of ice in there, and it keeps everything cold. And yes. when the ice melted, you got more ice. Uh, you bought it. And uh, people love being able to buy items from the store. They had 20 some odd stores. And within a year or two later, they had expanded because people loved buying all these what you would call convenience store items. And by the way, it was always a little bit more expensive, and, but it was always more convenient. And people were willing to pay for that convenience. Sure. Today, there's 65,000 South, Southland 7-Elevens. 65,000. Yeah, 7-Eleven. They franchised them, but Southland Corporation is 7-Eleven. Yeah, they've got it down to a science. <laughs> they sure do. And by the way, doesn't mean that you... Uh, most people will pay for convenience, but it doesn't mean that you know, part of the value prop is I'm going to charge you more to be more convenient. Although, mm-hmm. the Coca-Cola in my mini bar that costs five dollars, yeah, where I can walk down the hall and there's a soda machine and it's a right. buck and a quarter, right? Yeah, but people would pay that. They do. They just pay. to stay in their hotel exactly. room. Exactly. I don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. I'm pay a little bit more. And there, and it's but but then you look at companies like Amazon who who came into the marketplace being very convenient. A website 24/7 would you know send you the books. That's delivery. Yes. Uh, and by the way. Uh, a little less expensive. Today they're competitively priced. And they'll even put on the website, you can find this item uh-huh. at a lesser price from one of these vendors. And uh, it will okay. tell you where to go yeah. to buy it cheaper. That's convenient. That is. That's transparent. Sure. But guess what? People still buy from Amazon. You know why? Why? There's this confidence about them because they, they really have amazing service mm-hmm. on top of the convenience. Sure. Yep. Man, so speaking of time. Shep, let's step back a little bit. How did you get your start as a, uh, you know, a speaker, an entrepreneur? Yeah. So my, my early days at age 12, I was a birthday party magician. That was my first job. Actually, no my first job was working for my grandpa at a drugstore. He owned a drugstore in downtown city, St. Louis. Okay. Pretty, pretty rough area. But uh, my real business started at age 12 when I did my first birthday party. And, and you I, would do magic shows. Magic shows. And I got up to like, you know, when I was in high school. And I worked in nightclubs as well. But, you know, hey, if you're going to pay me 100 bucks for an hour for yeah. a birthday, actually it was about 85 or 90. Uh, and I could do six, eight on a weekend, sometimes 10 on a busy weekend. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, I'm making... 800 bucks a week, 1000 yeah. bucks a week. That's more than my teachers were making back then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you how did you grow that business? I mean, was it referrals? Was it word of mouth? Were you doing a lot of uh, repeat business? So, it's great. It was a combination of great customer service yeah. and a little bit of uh, my dad's sales uh, rubbing off on me. So, sure. that first magic show was a Wednesday after school. My mom picked me up. We went to not too far from where we are right here to a neighborhood called Lahasse in the neighborhood yes. in Ladue. Uh, another suburb of St. Louis, and I performed. I charged fifteen dollars, and uh, the lady gave me a dollar tip. So I did so well, I got sixteen dollars. Fifteen dollars and a yeah. one dollar tip. Wow! <laughs> and That's the big. parents were there, and my mom, and my mom, and there were like twenty screaming kids, and some parents of the kids were back there. My mom said at dinner time, "What are you going to do after dinner?" And it was a school night, so I thought the correct answer was 
do homework, right? Yes. But no, she said, go write a thank you note. These people paid you $16. You should write them a note. Yes. Let them know how much you appreciate it. My dad, always one-upping my mom, says, great idea. Take it a step further. Next week, call them and thank them again on the phone. Follow up. And so now they've got a thank you note now, and then find out if you did a good job. Yes. Get some feedback. Yeah. And specifically, he said, ask what tricks they like the best. Okay. And I said, really, that's a great idea. He says, yeah, and if they don't mention some tricks, you might want to think about changing those tricks to get better tricks. Sure. Process improvement, getting feedback. <laughs> I mean, at 12 years old. Yeah. But then my dad said, if you did a good job, you mentioned there were some parents that were there from, you know, the kids. Ask if they would be kind enough to give you names and numbers. Now, Ben, do you remember when you left my office after being here the first time? I do. What did you ask me for? I asked for uh, referrals. Exactly. I said, Chef, if you were in my business, who would be three or four people that you'd want to introduce yourself to? Exactly. And so here is what happened. Uh, I said, the, the people that were standing in the back, the parents, if you feel I did a good job, would you be willing to give me their phone numbers so that I could call them? Okay. They did. Yes. And that's how it all started. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, so you're constantly uh, improving. So my next, my next question, Shep, how, um, in your opinion, how does a person become the best at their craft? Wow. Well, I think uh, number one is the best is, you know, that's hard. How do, you, how do you become the best you in your craft? Yes. And I'll speak from personal experience of that is, number one, I practice a lot. So if there's a skill that needs to be involved, practice. If it's a sales skill, yes. you practice, you 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 uh, role play with people. Repetition. If, if you're a leader, you have meetings with other leaders and learn from them and, and then you go and you put into practice what you've learned. But I think probably one of the biggest, biggest opportunities that I saw is I read a lot and today I probably read on a, on a regular week probably 40 to 50 articles. On a day I might read 10 to 15 articles. Short articles, long articles, I have Google alerts, and I also read books. I read a book about one every week to two weeks. I, I try to read uh, two or three business books, and then I throw in a fiction book just okay. to keep my mind somewhat creative. Now, how do you consume books? Are you doing Audible? Or are you reading the actual hard copy? Well, we're in my office right now, and take a look over here. Uh, there is a stack of books on the floor. There's two stacks. Uh, I see them everywhere. I see them on your desk, on the floor. <laughs> I, I see them outside here. And they're, by the way, those aren't my books. Those are other people's books. So, and that's exactly what I do. I, I read. I, I'm a ferocious reader. I spend a lot of time on airplanes. So taking off and landing is 15, 20 minutes of, of solid reading. Here's the thing. If you really want to get good, and I heard this way back when uh, the very first motivational speaker I ever heard was Zig Ziglar. Okay. Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins came to St. Louis in 1983. Where were they? They were they downtown. They were at the Sheraton, Okay. Uh, which is now uh, the... Edward Jones Dome. Absolutely. Okay, or whatever it is. I don't know. What it's the, it's going to change names. Yeah, so. again. But it, it, they, they tore that down to put that dome up. And I'll never forget, when they were done, I go, I could do that. I had the magic shows that I'd done. And by the way, I'd worked in nightclubs and hotels also yeah. through college. So I had the entertainment background. Sure. I went to college, had a business background. I said, those guys, I could do that. <laughs> and so and in, in that speech, Zig Ziglar talked about if you would devote a half an hour a day to reading about whatever it is that you're passionate about, mm -hmm. your craft, yes. your business, and, and stay in that lane a half an hour a day. At the end of a few months, people would say, wow, you're pretty smart about what you do. At the end of a year, they go, that guy's like, I mean, he's an authority. That guy's okay? an expert. And in, in three years, world-class expert. Yes. Yeah. 
And so I so took gradually that to over the course of time. Just I always just read and read and read, and then uh, listening to my clients. I say, hey, do you have anything you can send me to read about what you're doing, your culture, uh, your values, your mission statements? And every client I work for, and still to this day, I ask for that information because I like to read what different companies are doing. And sometimes I'm absolutely blown away by a little unique twist. There is a company, uh, it's, it's Symbiosis, I believe is how you pronounce the name. Okay. They're in what do Nashville. They do? They're, you know, with, with the name like that, you got to figure they're in the technology sure, space. Sure, I would think so. And so... Uh, they have a what they I call their customer service mantra. It's this one line, and I'm not going to get it exactly right, but basically it's like, we love our customers so much when we kiss them, their lips bleed. So, <laughs> or maybe it's our lips bleed. I don't know, but okay. it's something like that. That's how much we love them. Yeah, and, and it shows that's the passion. I go, oh, yeah. wow. And so that's not a vision statement. That's not a mission statement. I came up with this idea. That's a passion statement. A passion yeah, statement. How passionate are you about your... So anyway, I read all this. We're getting off the topic of you know what makes somebody great at what they do. Read, 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 and you'll become an expert and authority over a period of time. But you know, you've got to be in the world, too. You've got to put it into practice. And, yes. And it's got to be real. Most of the, everything I talk about, I try to always speak from my personal experiences. Right. So even when I read something... What I do is I interpret it, and then I put my spin on it. This is how I see it. Sure. You know, because people want to hear stories. Yeah. They want to hear real, real life experience. And if I get creative uh, writer's block, I just simply go online and start looking at titles of articles without even reading the articles. And then, oh yeah, okay. And then I can just from my experiences, and and so much of it comes from just observing so much around right. you. You know. So speaking of experience and, and influence, who would you say have been some of the biggest influences in your life? So, you know, everybody says, my parents, and that's boring, but it's true. I mean, yeah. think about it. My, my mom says, write the thank you note. My dad says, you know, make the phone calls. Sure. That made a big impact. made a huge impact. Uh, two guys here in St. Louis, uh, actually three guys here in St. Louis, a guy named Bud Dietrich who's passed away in his 90s. He was, I jokingly called him my illegitimate father. He was not allowed to call me his illegitimate son. <laughs> but he gave me an awful lot of advice. Best advice he gave me. Uh, was he said, and I use this all of the time when I'm talking to people and they, you know, like, what can I do to be better? I go, yes. well, what do you do for a living? And so if I asked you, what do you do for a living? What would you say? I'm in the people business. You're in the people. Well, that's kind of it. Okay. I do custom clothing. You do custom clothing. I call on clothing. clients in their office, Great. take all the time and hassle out of going to the store. Right, right. So what I would say is your job is to do all of that. Okay. That's probably the end result. But the real job is getting a client to allow you to come to their office or their home. Yes. That's the real job. And Bud told me that my job wasn't to go out and do a speech. And I'm paraphrasing. It was to get a speech. Okay. To so, line it up. Right. So the he process. said, if you would spend six to eight hours a day, every day, working at getting business, you'll start to get business. Yes. And he was right. And to this day, I'll never forget, the job isn't doing my speech or sell, you know, selling a book. It's getting people to buy, getting people to want it. And that's sure. all about sales, marketing, and recognizing that there's the product side, and then there's what So many people, I'm a great speaker, but nobody ever calls me. That's what they say. Well, you know why? <laughs> they don't know you're around. Sure, you're so, not spending enough time. Yeah, so how are you going to get there? Pick up the phone and call those revenue-generating activities. Smile and dial. You know, dial yes. for dollars or whatever sure. you call it. <laughs> right. Now, how about uh, Kim Tucci? 
Did Kim he, Tucci. He had Kim Tucci and John Farrar were the two other gentlemen. They were partners. John, it was in my wedding. He's since passed away. Kim and I are like, he's my brother from another mother. Yeah. I met Kim when I was about 16. Met Kim and John. I was doing comedy and magi- magic at the Playboy Club. No kidding. And they were managing a band. I don't know how they ever got in that business. And they were there. The band was the main act, and I was like the you know magician warm-up. You were the you know. opener. Yeah. And we met, and then Kim and I became friends when I was 18. Really good friends. I started working in his restaurants. John was there, and John and I became great friends at that point. Those guys just taught me about life. Here's a really cool thing. I don't share this very often, but one day I said, you guys, I don't know what, why am I special in your life? I don't know. You spend so much time. You're mentoring me. You're, you're, like, you're like the big brothers I don't have. Yes. And no, other than my parents, nobody ever said, we love you. And they said, because we love you. And I went, wow, that's pretty amazing. And they then, meant it. And then they said, and somebody did this for us, and we expect you to do it for somebody else. Yes. And I've taken that to heart, and I have mentored many, even if it's just a few minutes to get them started in the right direction yes. or spend time with them. Uh, I wish I had more time to mentor more, uh, but I can't, you know. So Sure, there's only but, so many hours in a day. But, you know, somebody, you know, who needs help and they're real serious, you know, I, I say, okay, let me give you some resources and get you started and head in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like the uh, the law of reciprocity. Yeah. What you put into the lives of others eventually comes back into your yep. own. The more you give, the more you get, even though you don't really care about the getting, it just seems to come back. Man, that is awesome. Um, so we've been talking about, you know, uh, gosh, leadership and, and principles, uh, but what advice do you have for business owners, salespeople, entrepreneurs, kind of just getting started in the business? Well, well, once again, recognize that their job isn't to do what they think it is that they sell. It's to get the clients. I think, mm-hmm. you know, w- without business development, you don't have a business. Yes. Uh, so so that's number, number one, first and foremost. I also believe you have to have a passion. If you really want to be successful in mm-hmm. what you do, um, and I know I'm going off script here because I use, you know, in all transparency, you sent me questions. I looked and I thought I had answers, but now I'm going off on a tangent. Here. Yeah, and I think so it, it was, it was yeah. just an outline. I yeah, yeah. Go off but the I think it's a good. Bit. I think that um, as as you know, you look at what you do. Like my job is a speaker and an author. I'm a customer service expert. That's if somebody says, "What do you do for a living?" I ask them, "Have you ever walked away from a place?" And you thought, wow, those people are amazing or mm-hmm. done business with anybody. And they go, yeah, well, that's what I help my clients do. Well, how yes. do you do that? Well, way my method is, you know, I'm a speaker. And I have trainers that work for me, and we sell training, and I write books, and we sell books and training programs. But really, the real job isn't doing all that and developing all that. It's getting somebody to buy that. Yes. And I'd say really make sure that you, you focus on that. And today, uh, success can be achieved a number of different ways. Uh, you know, we're getting into marketing and sales, but, you know, take advantage of the technology that's out there. Take advantage of understanding who your customers are and where they are and go to the places they are. And there's a pretty good chance if you want to get uh, somebody once told me years and years ago that the, the way to wealth is through writing and really uh, content. Today, it's content because it's more than writing. You can go and read blogs, but you can listen to podcasts and watch videos on YouTube. There's so much content out there. Right. And, and if you go out there and you're putting your heart into it and your brain into it, you can share it with others. Uh, there's nothing that you, what you can pay me for what I do, or you can go on YouTube and you can, you can and it's a, everything I do is in little chunks and get it free. Yes. You know? um, and so, you know, like I said, the more you give, the more you get. But 
I think that's a great way of getting recognized and getting known in your industry. So writing, creating content, yeah. really just getting your name and, out and there. I don't care if you're if I was if I was doing a, making a living doing birthday party magic shows, I would be writing articles on how to have the best birthday parties possible. Sure. You know, hey, here's a new game that you could play with your kids. Here's right. you know, a new venue you could go to. So that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, those are just some thoughts on on how to be successful for an entrepreneur getting started. And, and uh, you know, I have a different kind of a business, too. I've not had to go to a bank and get capital to start. I had I didn't say, you know, I need to buy machinery or, or a company. So, yes. you know, I'm in that business where it was just me, man. It was me. There's, right. there's you know, nobody giving me any. any if it's to yeah. be, it's up to you. Yep, and I'm walking the tightrope without a neck or <laughs> a net. Is that right? I have a going to break my neck if I fall. I love it. Yeah. Well, Shep, thank you again so much for uh, for being on the podcast today. How can uh, how can people find you? How can people connect with you? Out sure. There? Well, I mean, the book. Just go to BeConvenient.com, which is actually attached to my website, okay. which is Hiken.com. That's my last name. So either one of those. And while you're there, uh, hey, would love if you want to get the book, great. But uh, Hiken.com, or you'll see there's a place to sign up for a newsletter. It's free. Every week I put out a newsletter. It's an article. There's a cartoon. If you have a company, you can make copies of it and share with your employees. I promise you this. It's not spam. It is a true article. By the way, that's a discipline. And I think, uh, you know, going back to leadership and all that, the disciplined approach. Uh, somebody once said, this is a great quote. Uh, let's see. The problem, let's see. What gets in the way of success is that some people can't bear the monotony that it takes to be successful something like that the monotony of success gets in the way of people because in order for me to be successful i got to do the same things over and over sure. and over again and that gets monotonous and you know, it kind of sounds like the common denominator of success yeah you know it's forming the habit of doing things that failures just don't like to do but or, doing those or over that somehow and over they again. just stop doing it somebody mm -hmm. I, if i ask you you know go back the last 20 years what's Give me the five things that took you to the next level. Mm -hmm. And you thought about it. You came back with five. I'll bet you that three or four of those five you don't do anymore. Yes. For whatever reason. You're right. And maybe well, you can well, still do it get, again and get variations. People get comfortable it. in life. All right. So we're all, all you were asking is like, how do we get a hold of you? <laughs> so anyway, ideas like that are in these newsletters yes. that I share. Sign and, up for the newsletter. It's free. I love free. That is absolutely awesome. Shep, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to be, uh, to be on the podcast. My pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Level 10 Mastery. We couldn't do it without your support. If you haven't already, check out The Convenience Revolution. Go to Shep's website, hiking.com. We're going to put all of these links in the show notes. Until next time, get out there and become the best version of yourself.